Hey guys, I wanted to start off with a special note from me this time and speak to the making and why behind this podcast around holiday grief. I am on to my third holiday season without my mom. <laughs> don't you think it's funny that we count our times without them? I don't know. It's funny because to me it shows even how that's changed in the way we count our milestones now the milestones without them. I do feel celebrating and getting through the holidays is a milestone when grieving. When you're working through a permanent loss that forever changes us, our relationships, and our coming together celebrations. These are referred to as secondary losses. The losses where it requires a starting over. And that's the significance of having gone through each holiday season each time that you've started over and made it somehow. It may not seem of big significance to others, but these are real markers of forward motion, resilience, and a fight that goes unseen most times. We do that. Today I bring you this special and very personal podcast to share what it takes with all the changing hands, starting over, and holiday tips to help you survive yourself and others. It's the most trying times for those grieving and so I hope this helps you on your way in your grief journey, from one griever to another. So as you celebrate the many occasions of togetherness, such as Thanksgiving, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and ringing in the new year, I hope you can benefit from this podcast episode. Please be sure to share with others who may also need the support as much as you do. We can all have a role in supporting one another even in our worst. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is Pearls coming back on for another episode on Pearls Randomness. This time we want to make sure to talk about and highlight some of the holidays that are coming up. Thanksgiving is around the corner. We have Christmas, New Year's, and so many other holidays in between, Kawanza and Hanukkah. And these are just times where it's important celebrations with our family and communities of love that we've had for so long but somehow it changes once we lose someone that's so much a part of our lives a significant part of our lives and so today I brought back Giselle I loved our last podcast left behind be sure to check it out we have lots to share there on people that are left behind grieving who are not usually seen as they should be seen so check that out but today we really wanted to focus on how to support each other during the holidays and do this grief thing knowing that we've lost someone so important in our lives and how it's just changing so welcome Giselle how are you doing today I am well thank you so much for having me back um I am like everyone else, just trying to prepare for um, and thankful that, you know, we're having this conversation so that um, other people, one, know that they're not alone and to hopefully get some good advice that they can take um, and implement in their own grief journey. Yeah. And I'm two years into my grief journey and Giselle, I know you're 11 years out. So there are some things that really came with a shock value, I'll be honest, in my first two holidays that I celebrated without my mother for the first time. 
in life, you know, and it was just a total different experience. The first year, you know, it's sort of like a blur, right? You don't know what's happening. You're just kind of grieving or going along the way and you're trying to survive it without even knowing what you're doing to survive either. So it's kind of like going with the flow, but not being sure how to go forward either. And I'll just share this much that I felt the urge to continue on with the traditions that my mom and I had along the way with all the holidays. And I almost felt this pressure to be my mom. And I really struggled to keep it going. The traditions, the get togethers, because somehow I thought that is what I should be doing and what mom would have really wanted for us too. And that, you know, I'm the one to carry it forward in that sense, but mom's not here. Right. So it never was going to be the same. Accepting that made it so much easier to deal with a new way of celebrating and also allowing myself to continue with traditions that were my own this time around and also the ones that I wanted to carry forward for my mom. So there was like a huge realization in my second year this year. I feel like I'm just coming up from holiday grief and here, here we are coming back at it, you know, with full swing into Thanksgiving and then Christmas and New Year's Eve and all that joy that comes with it, but figuring out how to do it again, right? So, you know, I, I came to a point where I only realized that it's never going to be the same and I have to start over. So I guess this is my way of starting over too and just connecting with more people like yourself. What do you have to share? Well, I will say I commend you because my first Thanksgiving and Christmas, I was the classic avoided. I was I I did not want to be around my family. Um, I think I was a little bit angry that people could continue in with these holiday celebrations as if my mother wasn't an integral part of all of them. Uh, Thanksgiving was particularly um, sensitive for me because we had had Thanksgiving at my house the year before, which was the first time we'd actually had like Thanksgiving in New Jersey where my mother hosted it, right? And I cooked all the sides, she did the turkey. I still cook some of those recipes to this day. Um, But I knew in September that I was not going to be around for Thanksgiving. Um, And I think in the last episode, I talked about how my friend's um, mother, you know, eagerly invited me to Thanksgiving because um, my my relationship with my father was strained at the time, but he lived nearby where she lived. And so I was like, thank you. Uh, But no, thanks. I'll be in Miami. (laughs) Miami. That is where I was for Thanksgiving. And I remember it clear as day. I had a really good friend. He's still a really good friend. Um, who was in Miami and he calls me peanut and he was like peanut come on down and I spent Thanksgiving with him and his boss because he too wasn't very much like a come home type of person either like who's coming to Jersey when you can be in Miami Um, and we had we had Thanksgiving at his boss's house and it was great and I had just moved into an apartment so there was a lot of changes right like I had to move out of the house that I shared with my mother and then I moved into this apartment maybe October 
Um, and so Thanksgiving came, but around early December, I actually had a housewarming party, which was um, an attempt to actually clean my house and like unpack boxes and all, all that stuff. And my aunt um, came over and I put up a tree and that was a big thing. It was the tree that I grew up with. Um, it was a little family dollar tree for $25. I still can see the box um, <laughs> that had been, you know, my tree. So that was my way of still keeping that tradition. And what happened was the housewarming, I asked everyone to bring an ornament so that they could contribute to this new new space, new space I was in mentally, emotionally, and this new space I was in physically. And it was really so nice. nice to have friends that I hadn't seen in years, people from out of town because I was living in New Jersey. Um, it was it was just very nice to have that spirit around. My dad came and he, he had the big gift of my TV, you know? Um, and so it was just nice to be supported. And... Um, like I that's a beautiful way it really to do was. it. I, I love that idea. I had, you know, I had a uh, what was those things? A registry, so people were sending me stuff from all over. Like it was just really nice to create, to create the opportunity for people to support me, right? When did you do that? Like how many years out? This was the first year. So my housewarming wasn't really. It was right before Christmas. So Christmas came. I actually had a friend who was visiting from Virginia, he and his brother, and stayed with me and hung out with me. So it still was like not a Christmas like it used to be, but I, I was I was making the most of it. And then I skipped Christmas day. And then I went to like, because on Christmas day, our tradition was our family would go to Queens and we'd have Christmas there. And I refused to do that because I just didn't want, I just, it, it was just going to be too hard. And so yeah. I did, like you, keep my mother's tradition. She always bought presents for everyone. So I did that. Um, and my aunt, um, she actually gave me, a, I don't know if it was this Christmas or a following one, but um, at some point she gave me a DVD of my mom's, one of my mom's Christmases that she recorded. And so it became a tradition for me to watch that CD every Christmas, just to see my mother, hear her laugh, um, hear her voice. Um, so that was probably the best Christmas present ever. Um, but you know, knowing that it, it existed and it exists um, was really nice to have. And um, the following Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, I think I did come around, um, and it was hard. It was really hard. And, um, I, I, I was grateful that there are people who recognize that it's a hard time. Like my aunt Carol, who I will talk about till I'm blue in the face because she was the one family member that really got it without having to say anything. Um, and so she was the one that made the food for the housewarming. You know, she was the one that helped me clean it up so that people could come and sit down somewhere because boxes were everywhere. But yeah. I didn't realize it then, but that, that event made it a lot easier for, again, people to support me and be there for me in a time that I didn't even know that I was going to need it. 
And so I think that in general, as we grieve, we think we're doing fine until we're not. Right. Right. So it's, it, you know, I didn't know that I was going to need that 11 years out though. I'm very much more proactive, right? Because I know that that's what's going to happen. I know that what I'm feeling two weeks before Thanksgiving is because Thanksgiving is coming up, right? I know that the, the, the health issues that I've been dealing with for the past week or so are just manifestations of whatever anxiety and stress I'm feeling about not only the holiday coming up, not being able to be with my family because of COVID and then being alone, right? Yeah. And so it makes it... um. It makes me want to be more proactive. So, you know, yesterday was my grandmother's birthday. I paid the $150 a year to have a Zoom that we can be on for forever because that's what I want. I want my family. I want to be able to connect with my family. Next Thursday, we're doing Zoom again and we're doing Thanksgiving prayer because that's a tradition in which we say what we're thankful for. Um, And so while it's going to, it's still hard you do what you can do and you do as much as you want to do. Like, that's the other thing. If, if I didn't feel like I wanted to be on Thanksgiving prayer, I would give myself permission to not be on Thanksgiving prayer. Right. And I think that's a major thing too, to like allow yourself to feel what you feel and do what you want to do without feeling guilty about it or shame about it. Because you think that your loved one would want you to X, Y, Z, you need to do for yourself. And I didn't hear that enough or know that enough internally for a very long time. I think that's a good point there. I think it's a really important point because here I am two years out, you know, I'll go back to what I said. I did feel the pressure to continue. And I felt that I had to be the one to pick up now for my mom. And it was pressure that maybe was forced because I thought that, but like to hear you say that it, it really is important to know that we have to allow that for ourselves to check in and know that, is this something that really is benefiting me and in the space that I am right now in, or is it really a struggle to get through it? Cause I'll say that as much as I felt that I thought I was doing this for my mom on behalf of my mom and that I had to be my mom at some point, it was very forced. It wasn't like something that maybe I now when I think back that first year was genuine for what I wanted. You know, it was just, I guess I was catching up with recognizing that it is going to be different forever now. But like, how am I going to go do that? You know, so hearing you say that it helps, it helps to know that you done that I love some of the ideas that you shared already like the ornaments and the zoom prayers that's so cool because we had some of the same traditions like every Christmas morning we go to church together as a family and make sure that we come together and have big meals around the table together and just hang out you know exactly and I it's not going to be like that anymore and I guess I had to catch up with that that it is changed forever exactly and And it's just important to, like, every Christmas Eve, my mother would let me open one present. And we would always watch It's a Wonderful Life. I had an ex who knew that and bought me, like, the DVD of It's a Wonderful Life, right? 
I had another ex yeah. the second Christmas who we were we had just met each other maybe a week before and he knew about my story and um he was doing Christmas with his family and after Christmas with his family he was like hey do you mind if I stop by I have popcorn in the movie maybe we could watch popcorn and like made it so like natural without making it feel like oh you take pity on me right like I and obviously they're exes so like <laughs> it wasn't all, all all you know mistletoe and bright lights <laughs> but I think it's just that was a that's a, those are examples of the ways that people can show up for you without making it a big production right it yes. just just being there just taking up space just being mindful and thoughtful and in the ways you, you you connect with people around this time um and and again it's, it doesn't just have to be around the holidays right these are things that can happen throughout the year but it's much more yeah. it's so so important to not forget people now. so much more needed exactly. it's it's such a strong sense of togetherness that we come around with the holiday that yeah like I mean, like you said like you had that one aunt that just got it and knew that you were going to be alone or you could miss out on some of that stuff that you had with your mom you know those traditions and getting right. together I had that aunt too and I didn't realize it then but it was so nice to be called on and invited exactly. and still feel like I belong somewhere. It meant so much without, like you said, that whole production and making it awkward and weird. And like, it's for, because my mom is not here anymore. It was just like a nice invite to support, you know, us getting together as a family. And I felt like I still have a family despite that my mom was not here, you know, that we can still do this. And it felt so nice. It, it really did go a long way to your point. Too. And it's to the, and the other side of that is it's nice to be invited. It's even better to be respected if you decline and be yeah. okay and not take it personal, right? Because it has nothing to do with the person who's extended the invitation and everything to do with where the, the griever is mentally. Right. Um, and I, and I and, and you decline, and that the invitations still keep coming. So that's that's the important caveat with all of this, because I think it's an it it's also important for people to respect what people have the bandwidth to do. I yeah, that. it's just that you said that. I just I need to repeat <laughs> it because it's like there's so much good information there for people because it's like yeah, I might have a couple of years that are not going to be all there and I might not know it myself like how I'm doing like that first year maybe it felt pressured to come and be invited and go and have that family get together but maybe I didn't really want that and I didn't even know myself right. what I wanted because that's part of the grief journey it's like you just don't even know what kind of support you need what space you're in how you're feeling to be able to even vocally tell somebody like verbalize it it's hard to do that. So yes, I love that tip that even though they may have not, you know, taken up that invite the first, second, maybe years, keep it coming because it's not personal. It's just where they are in that moment in their life and still processing. Yep. And I will also say that around this time, it's, you know, the same way, you know, that we have all these 
toy drives and Thanksgiving dinners, like an overabundance of resources as if people aren't, you know, food insecure or needing, you know, things for their children throughout the whole entire year. But in that same vein, there are a lot of like grief groups and churches and um, all of these sort of resources out here that people are having these conversations and creating safe spaces for people to not feel alone. Um, I've seen a lot of them. Um, and so I would definitely recommend that people reach out to or seek those things out um, as well as, you know, a therapist or somebody to talk to. Like, again, I said, like I say, I always am trying to be proactive. Um, and if you are in, you know, whether you're in year one or year 11, <laughs> you should still know that there are resources and tools for you to access and you should know how to access them before you need it. So I would rather have it and not need it than need it than not and not have it. That's really important, I think, to help people um, kind of power through um, whatever they're feeling and what's going on. Right? Like there's no right way to do this. You just gotta get through this. And, and all survive. and all of the feelings are 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 real and all of the feelings are valid, right? You wanting to push through that was a valid feeling and you responded to it. Me wanting to run away, that was a, ra- a valid feeling. And don't let anyone make you feel otherwise, right? You have, you are entitled to the way you decide to deal with your grief because. Yep. You have to meet yourself yep, wherever exactly. you are. And that's something that I realized now is like, you just have to meet yourself wherever you are in your feelings and let it lead the way exactly and you need to be able to express that to others because I think a lot of times people want you to be like (laughs) want you to be happy and want you to like I remember uh the anniversary of my mom's death you know I just wanted to chill right one of my friends he was like I'll come over and I'll cheer you up and I was like okay you can come over and he decided he wanted to be a clown, right? He wanted to be jokey, jokey. And I'm like, it's cool. Like, I don't need all of that. Like, you could literally just sit here with me and I would be fine, right? And when I tried to explain that to him, he just could not get it, right? Because his goal was to make me laugh make and laugh. get me out of my funk. And I just wanted to feel what I was feeling in the ways that I wanted to feel it and invited you there because you said you wanted to be here but I was going to do what I needed to do anyway like listen you can't tell me how to grieve and you can't stop my process and that's you know (laughs) that's I think there is pressure there too because like how do you say no to Thanksgiving how do you say no to Christmas and what are some tips that you may have to share that because I know I felt like I needed to be there because someone took the time out to find a way for me on their dinner table and they didn't have to honestly they didn't have to extend that but they did so how how do I communicate that without it feeling disrespectful so I'm like so my family already (laughs) I think from the way that I handled the arrangements and everything after my mother was killed my family pretty much um And I think this is important. So let me not gloss over it. The way in which you handle the arrangements and everything in connection or, you know, independent of your family really shapes how people feel 
you are dealing and handling your grief. So I looked like I had everything together. I had everything taken care of. Gigi's going to, and that's my nickname, Gigi's going to do whatever she wants to do. And that's what it is, right? Um, it's it's the tone unintentionally though, right? But that was, that was the essence of who I was in general. So having conversations right. or rather not feeling like I needed to have a conversation. So that's two different things, right? I didn't feel like I needed permission or to explain myself or any of those things when I decided what I was going to be doing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now, I, looking back, I feel like I could have been kinder because I didn't realize that there were people who like wanted me to be around, but also was really trying to respect where I was. Um, and so I think I could have warped that into feeling like I wasn't wanted or, or I didn't want to be a bother because I was not going to be happy around people, right? Like I had already decided that being around my family was not going to be good for me. So I did not want to be around them. Um, and nothing about them. It was just that they were going to be doing business as usual and it wasn't for me. Um, and so I feel like I was already like just very clear about like who I was and what I wanted that like no one really questioned um, it. Um, and no one said, oh, I don't, I don't recall. I don't, and maybe they did, <laughs> but I didn't hear it. But no one was like, no, Gigi, you should really, you know, stick around or, you know, you don't have to go anywhere. I'm pretty sure my aunt probably did in her sweet way. Um, and I was like, no. I'm going, I need to be on a beach, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I think it's just a matter of, like, I, I wish I could have been softer about my grief journey. Um, yeah, but I, I have to say that, yeah, I hear you, but that's, you know, we're yeah. looking back now and yeah. thinking that way you were coping, you were dealing, you were surviving. And that's something that I I know that I wish I could have done something differently. And I just feel like, would I really been able to do that differently? I don't know if I can right. say that, to be honest, because you don't even know what just hit you right, right now, let alone figuring out how to manage through the different people and the requests and everyone I really do feel had good intentions, but sometimes you can't even see the intention there yet because you're just like trying to swim through this and get through the other end. And that's how I felt like going through the arrangements and the processions and making the big decisions. And I just needed to get through it and, you know, let it fall where it fell. You know, unfortunately that's what it was, you know, so I would, I would allow some for yourself for that. Yeah. Like it's okay that that happens that way, you know, but what I was thinking about. And then as I thought the thought all the way through, which is what you do in therapy, which is awesome. Cause you see the whole thought through and you're like, wait a minute. Cause if that would have happened, this wouldn't have happened. But what I was thinking through was I was like, you know, I wish I softer because I feel like the way that I approached my mother's death, um, limited how other people in my family felt like they could step up for me. However, it, that was their issue, right? Because it did not limit how other people stepped up for me. And so I created space by being how I wanted to be in the way that I wanted to deal with my grief, 
for others to come into my life and support into me and to give me what it is and meet me where I was, right? And not want me to be anything other than all of the emotions that I was like my friend Brett's mother, Miss Diana. Mama Diana is who I call her. Mama Diana did not care that I didn't come to her house at first Thanksgiving, even though she extended the invitation. But she had me back at her house every other time after that. You know what I mean? Like, she just opened her door to me and never stopped. Um, And so at this point, I feel like it's sad that a lot of my family members didn't do the same. Yeah, I get it. So some of the other things that I've been thinking about how to survive, and honestly, this is me learning. This is not me actually there yet. Uh, I just have to say that because I am still fresh two years out and I'm still learning how to grieve through the holiday season. I'm still learning how to come out of that and still celebrate because Mm -hmm. it is a special time, right? And I do love it, all that comes that from there. So, you know, some of the things that I've been thinking about and reading you know, Instagram is just a tremendous grief community. I love that I came on and sought out different connections this way. Just like yourself, I'm so, I feel so blessed to have come across people like you that have so much to share and provide. But some of the things that I've shared or read is that get out in nature could be one thing that you can do and just breathe in what's happened outside of your current space and that might not be the thing for everybody but you know it could be just a breath of fresh air just helps sometimes to get out you know or you could just be on your couch chilling doing nothing (laughs) you know so like there's two ways to do that too um I think my biggest thing was connecting with other grieving people like yourself Giselle like having this podcast moment with you and sharing is my way of sort of prepping Mm -hmm. for grieving through the holiday season and, you know, talking it out. I liken that to what I usually say. I'm like, allow yourself to be more present, like around the holidays, right? Like lean into some of the things that you like don't normally look at or don't normally take into, take in like nature, right? Like go somewhere or be in a place and physically or mentally where you're just, more present in like whatever is going on in ways that you wouldn't necessarily be otherwise. One Christmas, I walked all over Manhattan looking at all of the Christmas um, displays for the stores, right? Like that was like all by myself, but that was like so much joy for me. And then I wrote a Christmas, a a letter to Santa and dropped it off at Macy's, right? Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) like, and and I think it's, yeah. and for me, that was doing things and, and being present, but also like tapping into the child of me, like the child in me, because again, I mm-hmm. am someone who no longer has her mother here, right? And I will always be my mother's child. Mm-hmm. And so as a child, what would I enjoy doing, um, even though I'm a grown woman, um, it just, all of the... Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, I know. When you're saying that, it's just like when my mom passed, I no longer felt like one's going to be able to take care of me, like in a childlike form, you know, and I was no longer a child, even though 
I'm much older. I have my own life now. I always felt like mm-hmm. I had somewhere to go to be right. pampered, to be taken care of, and to Girls, be I'm caught. still looking for that in every now, relationship. But that's, yeah, maybe that's, that's my a- problem. <laughs> <laughs> that I know, but that's because we don't got our mothers. So, you know, it, it bleeds into that, too. Other, so I, I see you. I see you. <laughs> A passing to adulthood. I really came into being an adult at that moment. Like it was, I could have been right, still playing 60, around, seventy, right? <laughs> and had not lost my mom. Yes, right. But it wasn't until my mom left this world that I actually came into adulthood. It does. If that even makes sense, yep. no matter what age I was at. So, but yeah, you know, I I literally felt like an orphan even though I still have my dad there was something different with my with the loss of my mother I did feel like an orphan child where I was just on my own I and I truly felt like it was the rite of passage it was a rite of passage into adulthood for me as soon as my mom you know like it just okay it's just me now right I gotta figure it out so yeah, I can understand, like, it's nice to be a child, to be taken care of, and to have somebody always there. And that's that's usually your mom and your parents, you know? Yes. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk about traditions. Um, I know you shared some of your traditions. I love how you made that new in, for yourself, right, with the Zoom prayer meetings, the ornaments. I love <laughs> that. I think I'm going to have to inc- incorporate into my new but one of the things that I do now is I choose what mm-hmm. I want to celebrate and not celebrate. It's my decision. I, like I said, part of the rite of passage into adulthood is I'm making my own decisions now more so than I ever did before. It was like, oh, mom wants to do that. Mom is going to do that. So we're mm-hmm. going to go and do that with her, you know? So that part of that rite of passage into adulthood was making decisions for myself, creating my own traditions. And I never saw myself as one doing that but I guess it is now right we're left to do that and so volunteering was a big part of my mom um life and what she's really done throughout her life in small ways to big ways and one thing that she did on around Thanksgiving is make some food and on wheels about wheels mm-hmm. on um Meals on wheels, right? So that was such a big thing for her. Every Thanksgiving, she would sign up and have a few families that she would drive out to and bring a nice home-cooked meal for those who didn't really have people to go and celebrate Thanksgiving with. And that was such a nice gesture of her. And I saw her doing that no matter if she was, you know, struggling with her illness or whatever, or if she had to cook extra, she made that effort. And so... That's something that I definitely want to make as part of my tradition in honor of my mother, knowing that I'm like stepping into her shoes and doing that too. So that sounds great. I yes, do that giving, um, and just practicing gratitude is are all great ways to um, honor your loved ones during the holidays. Um, I would even um, suggest my grandmother for years um, would have my uncle who passed away. Like, I don't even remember him as like ever seeing him, but his picture was always at holiday dinners. 
right? Um, and so it's kind of like setting a place for him in that way. Um, that's also something that people can do. Um, light a candle. I think another part was including them yes. in your rituals and your new traditions. And so how I'm planning to do that, I'm still figuring out, like I said, still two years in and I just know I want to do that, that any, anything that I right. do, I see her in it anyways. So how am I going to like make her a part of it? So that's something. I'm um, just making sure my brother and sister, you know, are okay and connected as much as they want to be and can be during the holidays is important. But also, like you said, yeah, exactly where they are and if they're, Able and they've always done the holidays can. with the family. So I was the one that was always missing, right? Um, <laughs> so because, because, like you said, I was old enough to make that decision. They weren't. So 11 and 13, you know, you just do whatever your parent tells you to do. And so wherever my father was, that's where they were. Um, so it was actually important for me, at least, you know, in years following to show up even just to see them. Right. Like forget everybody else, but are yeah. y'all okay? Are you know, you're good. Like here's your gift, um, and things of that nature. Um, that made me come out more, but I would come at the end. You know what I mean? I would still regulate <laughs> how I would show up. Like I, that, that was another thing. I always had a buffer. So if you are um, you know, doing things for your family and you you have a, you know, differences or strained relationships or whatever way you feel about your family I would recommend bringing someone outside of the family so that there is a buffer there for you and someone for you to just have for yourself without feeling like you need to be engaged in everything I love that you know and that's kind of like something else that I um, learned along the way is being an exit plan (laughs) right like you got to know how you're going to leave and say your goodbye and just be ready to know how. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I do want to go, but maybe I can't and you start for with the that. entire four hey, hours. Hey, just, just stop in hour. Right, right. So just like making it known and in a respectful mm-hmm. way. It doesn't have to be disrespectful. And I think that's what people get stuck. It's like, how is it going to come off? But like, you can just set the tone early on, set expectations on how and when you have to leave and that's kind of like your exit plan like okay this is as much as I can take two hours worth and I'm leaving well mentally you know that and you can kind of just share I have something else to go to or something whatever yeah and knowing where you want to be you know just make a conscious a conscious awareness around where you want to be and where you don't want to be um you know, it's true when we're growing up and with our moms, we kind of go along with things, right? Like, oh, mom said, or we're doing that, but what can you do? What can you not do? I don't think I ever thought of that until my mom passed. Exactly. You go along, you know? So I think that, you know, it keeps going back to the rite of passage into adulthood. It's just like making your own decisions (laughs) for the first time. It feels almost, um, but yeah. And the food share make sure um, you eat well and if there's any food that you know remind you of your love <laughs> that I have about four boxes of zebra cakes in my house right now right because I know that those are the last things that my mother bought me and she knew I loved them and so 
you know, not consciously, but like, I'm like, wow, I have them and they expire right before Christmas. This is great. They will get me through and I will definitely eat all four boxes, just to be clear. (laughs) You can't go without talking about food and the holidays. I mean, that's like a huge part of any family, I would say, is definitely part of ours. And I, you know, these are things that I still have to figure out. (laughs) I'll let you know how it goes, but it sounds like joy having to cook some of the same things that my mom did and remembering the recipes and, you know, knowing that other people loved what I made and didn't taste (laughs) like hers or come close to it. Like I find so much joy in that. So yeah, it's like, those are some of the ways that we can incorporate them into the rituals and our traditions and making sure that it's still here with us present. Yes, they are. I love that. I think we hit on a lot of things with grief and holidays. We, you know, shared how to be much more aware of your feelings and understand that grief might resurface during the holidays more so than normal. And we said, it's okay. And be okay with saying no. Find an exit plan, right? I loved your buffer, right? Have somebody come along with you with holiday parties if that's someone that you need to be able to talk to outside of who you're going to be seeing there, take care of yourself, you know, make sure you're eating and recognizing what is good and not good for you. I think that's part of it because the first few years could feel like a blur, but once you come across it, you'll be able to find patterns of where you're not feeling so up to it or it's feeling forced. Take note of it and make sure that you are making that as part of your plan for the holidays. And don't be afraid to ask for support along the way and create your own rituals. I think that's my biggest one in surviving holidays is knowing that I don't have my mother, but I still have her in my rituals as part of my traditions. And she shows up that way. And that makes it truly a celebration worth having. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up here. Thank you so much, Giselle. That was such an important share that you did and you took the time out to spend with me 11 years out and sharing that perspective and me being a newbie two years in, still learning and growing and figuring out what I need and don't need and how I need to handle it. So that was very helpful to me as well. And I just wanted to say there are no rules, guys, for surviving holiday grief. Do what you need to do to survive. Honor your loved ones how you need to and do the way that you feel is best. You're missing a huge piece of you. So do whatever you need to do to find a silver of peace. And that's a quote I found across Angela Miller. I also wanted to take a second to shout out my guest, Giselle Clemens, who has brought tremendous knowledge to me on how to move onwards, heal, and apply some strategies and tools in helping yourself through the holidays. I'm so thankful for her and this podcast share. If you are not already, please connect to her on Instagram at Pretty Ugly Grief. Okay, that wraps up my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you've made it to the end and like what you've heard, go ahead and make sure to follow me and my journey through transformation at Pearl's Randomness on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. 
I'm determined to bring on more guests that will share their transformational stories and connect our human experiences one podcast at a time. Thanks for being here. Peace out.